For the past several months, we have been investigating in our committees and litigating in the courts. And this week, the President has admitted to asking the President of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically. Therefore, today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella. The President must be held accountable. No one is above the law. On September 23rd, 2019, Nancy Pelosi made this formal impeachment announcement. It's the third time in U.S. history Congress has taken such an action. It was also our first day as graduate students in D.C. Quite the welcome. <laughs> Let's back up a bit. I'm Alec Bose, and I'm a graduate student at Northwestern University. I'm specializing in politics, policy, and foreign affairs. My classmates, Mark Satter, Joe Snell, Sam Cabral, and I have done a lot of reporting in our first two months here, and we wanted to use this space not as a way to break news, but to share our experience as student journalists during a historic political moment in Washington. We hope that you can learn more about what we do as student journalists, what it's like to report in the nation's capital, and maybe you're even considering going to journalism school yourself and looking for some firsthand accounts of what it's like. Either way, we hope you enjoy this podcast. On October 2nd, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Intelligence Chairman Adam Schiff held a press conference on Capitol Hill. I was going in cold because even though I had an idea the press conference would center on impeachment, I had no specifics. As a credentialed reporter, I had access to most of the entrances on the Capitol. But as a lifelong regional native and an inexperienced Capitol beat reporter, I only knew how to get through the visitor's entrance. I stood in line unnecessarily among tourists for 20 minutes before I could finally get in. After going through security and finding the gallery, I sat down in the third row from the front. For some reason, I was more nervous than I had ever been as an audience member. Maybe it was the Washington Post reporter to my left or the New York Times reporter to my right, or maybe it was just that I didn't want to miss a single shred of info. Whatever it was, I was trying to hide the anxiety. The room quickly filled up with reporters and photographers. 10 minutes before the presser, it was standing room only. Fifteen minutes after it was scheduled to start, Schiff and Pelosi finally appeared at the podium. Uh, potentially interfere with witnesses who, whose testimony is needed before our committee, and we want to make it abundantly clear that any effort by the secretary, by the president, or anyone else to interfere with the Congress's ability to call before it relevant witnesses will be considered as evidence of obstruction of the lawful functions of Congress. Pelosi, obviously understanding what reporters were there to discuss in the first place, went over health care and trade before finally getting to the meat of the impeachment conversation. There was no, as far as we know, and we all find out if there is, any National Security Council justification for the president withdrawing assistance that had been passed by the Congress of the United States in a bipartisan way. The conference lasted almost an hour, but it felt like a few minutes. 
After sheepishly waiting through the whole thing, I finally got the courage to raise my hand to ask a question about some of the details regarding the process and how the impeachment investigation could impact the election. But before I knew it, it was over. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two, one, two. Hi, this is Mark Satter. I'm a graduate student at Northwestern University and am a reporter for Medill News Service. On Halloween, October 31, I and one of my colleagues, Sarah Wilson, were sent to the House floor to cover the vote of Resolution 660, which was a vote on the impeachment of President Trump. The vote would determine whether or not certain congressional committees could move forward with their impeachment inquiries and would make those hearings public uh, for the first time. I arrived at the House press gallery and we set up among at least two dozen other political reporters in the rafters above the House floor, also called the House press gallery. Uh, It's right across from the public viewing section, which was totally full of tourists, people who are just interested, members of the public. So we plugged in and we began taking notes and the vote started with one minute speeches. Those speeches precede the vote and give all the members present a chance to voice their opinion on what is about to be voted on. Uh, We immediately noticed how much of a partisan split there was. The vote was really centered along party lines. We spotted Speaker Pelosi and other members of the congressional leadership and started to kind of identify where they were sitting, what they were doing, and kept an eye on them. Uh, As a side note, Speaker Pelosi was wearing a bright orange jumpsuit, so she looked like a pumpkin for Halloween. And the vote happened, and again, the divisions in the House were really obvious. The vote was 232 to 196. 232 were for it, 196 were against it. And except for two Democrats who voted against the inquiry, all of the Democrats present voted for it. The two who voted against it were Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey and Colin Peterson of Minnesota. So it became pretty clear that the story that day was going to be about them. That was the news hook. And it was then on us to go and find them. So there were quite a few Medill reporters on the Hill that day, and we kind of divided up who we wanted to speak with. I was assigned Peterson and Van Drew, uh, but everyone was keeping an eye out for them. So when you cover something in the House, after the vote happens, you kind of go downstairs and all of the members start to leave. And there are multiple entrances and exits where they can come and go from. So as a reporter, you kind of have to plan where you're going to go to try to catch these people. So about an hour passed and we hadn't seen Peterson or Van Drew, but we had a feeling at least one of them was around. It seemed like Peterson had left and we couldn't figure out where Vandrew had gone, so we started roaming the halls. And when you do that, there are dozens of other reporters doing the exact same thing, and many reporters were looking for the same people. But okay, we thought, you know, we'll just we'll give it another shot. And as I'm walking down the hall, I see a gaggle of reporters uh, surrounding one person, a member, clearly, but I couldn't figure out who it was, and I didn't recognize them. So I walked up and I decided, well, okay, let me just put my recorder in and we'll see what we get. Kind of like putting out a dragnet when you're fishing. So I put my recorder in and and we got some quotes from from this member. And as he was speaking, it became clear that this was Van Drew. 
And uh, I, I had no idea, and some of the other reporters in the gaggle also didn't know. But we chatted afterward, and we all were like, okay, yeah, that was him. That's Vandro. So that was quite good. That was a win, and, and we got some good quotes from that. Uh, and it kind of just shows you that part of reporting on the Hill is about having that institutional knowledge of where people are, who they represent, where their office is, etc. But it's also a bit about luck. If I hadn't stuck my recorder into this random gaggle of reporters, I would not have had quotes from him that day. And that was really crucial to the story because, I mean, he really was the story that day. Okay, so I'm back with the team, Sam Cabral, Joe Snell, and Mark Satter, and myself. We're just talking a little bit briefly about the takeaways that we had. So, Mark, you were the person who was actually on the House floor. You told the story uh, just now. Tell us what some of the takeaways, or actually some of the advice you would give to somebody who hasn't covered an impeachment vote or just a congressional vote in general. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, in my super limited experience, I would say that a lot of covering stuff on the Hill is about just knowing the context behind what it is that you're covering. So going in with a really solid base of information and being like kind of well-versed in the subject matter. So you're not trying to play catch up while you're there. There's nothing more frustrating than like trying to Google basic information while you're like in the house press gallery. Like you should know this stuff going in. And the other thing is knowing um, names and faces. You definitely want to know who the members are. You want to know who their press staff is that'll serve you really well if you can identify people that way. Yeah, I think mine was a little bit more um, in that vein, less challenging because I was only covering two people, so it wasn't as hard. But I guess the advice I would give is one, definitely get there early. One of the reasons I think I actually was able to get a good seat and everybody filed in was because I got there actually 20 minutes early. I got got there an hour early and I probably would have got there much earlier had I not had to wait at the visitor's entrance. <laughs> and then the other thing, um, I actually ended up meeting with Lisa Desjardins of the PBS NewsHour, a very prominent political analyst. The advice she gave to me was that you deserve to be there, even if you're there for a month or if you've been covering the Hill for 15 years. Everybody's there, everybody's in the press gaggle, and there's no uh, ranking. Like Everybody's got just as much a right to ask a question. So even though it can be intimidating being on Capitol Hill, you can be nervous, just remember that you're there for a reason. Moving on from that, I want to bring Joe and Sam into the discussion because uh, this is not over. Um, (laughs) This is an ongoing uh, story, and I wanted to sort of get figure out what you guys are doing moving forward because you guys are actually going to be doing some things in the next coming weeks. Uh, So Sam, you want to get into a little bit what you're going to do, and then Joe will go to you. Yeah, so today is November 11th, and this coming week we'll actually be moving into the public phase of the hearings. So the House Intelligence Committee is hosting uh, the first hearings on Wednesday uh, with Bill Taylor and George Kent that morning. So I'll be there, and I think, Alec, you'll be joining me. Um, And that'll be exciting because it'll it'll be an opportunity for... Uh, us to see what the messaging will be from both Democrats and Republicans. We've kind of got an idea of how that, what that looks like already. And uh, I understand Republicans have actually just added Jim Jordan, who's one of the, who's one of Trump's top defenders in the House, to the House Intelligence Committee. 
uh, in preparation for the hearings. So it's going to be a made-for-TV spectacle. I didn't know that. I didn't know Jim Jordan was. Well, he's going to be on there, and it's going to be. Um, there's no. I'm no. I've got no doubt that it's going to be an absolute spectacle for anybody watching on TV, and especially for us being in there in that hearing room. Yeah, for sure. Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be looking at this week, because you're not necessarily looking at that specific hearing. Yeah, so I've got more general assignments. So this quarter, we were each assigned an outlet to just produce some pieces for. So mine was the Wisconsin State Journal. And uh, I looked at uh, all the representatives from Wisconsin, and then I got on a, a phone call with the Wisconsin State Journal editor, and we talked about different stories I could put out this week. So one is following a relatively new representative. It's Representative Style out of the 1st District in Wisconsin. This is his first term, so it's a very interesting time to uh, have your first term be in, in this kind of political moment that we talked about. So I'll be putting out a piece about what that's been like for him. And then uh, another piece I'm working on is a representative from Wisconsin that been around for over 20 years. And he was actually uh, here for the uh, early uh, impeachment process in the 90s with Clinton. So to compare some of that stuff with what's going on now will be a really interesting take. And then we've also got a representative who's on the fence with which way he's going to vote. So it's uh, working on embedding myself with his, uh, with his camp and to figure out throughout the week uh, which way he's leaning. So just to clarify, you are covering one of the newest members in the House as well as one of the oldest members in the House. Because he was, what, 21 terms? 21 terms, that's right. That's close to 40 years if you do not. Yeah, he's been there for a little bit. Wow. Well, that will do it for us. I'm Alec Bose. I'm Sam Cabral. I'm Joe Snell. And I'm Mark Satter. And we'll see you next time with Capital J. Thanks a bunch.